Welcome to the Boys of Summer. This is episode number 78. And contrary to popular belief, we have not left for another country. We are still around, but baseball is finally back. I'm Gene Gumps, joined by Paul Arnold, Eric Braun. Guys, we are a few days away from opening day, and uh, it's a little bit late, but I don't know about you. Uh, I just have this, this sense of excitement for Thursday. I can't wait to get this thing started. Let's go. Play ball. Let's go. This feels good to be back in the seat again. All right. We got a lot of things to talk about. Let's start off with the CVA. We talked about that, you know, in, in the offseason and, and what a mess it was. But what at the end of the day, didn't this seem to be a big win for the players? I mean, they didn't get maybe everything they wanted, but they certainly got a lot. They certainly got the owners to come up a lot on the luxury tax thresholds. Uh, they, the owners weren't able to get as big an expanded playoff as they wanted. I mean, I, I didn't see a lot of downsides for the players in this new agreement. Did you? I didn't. Um, you know, I, I won't say that I went through it with a fine tooth comb, but, uh, but yeah, it seemed like that the, uh, the owners for all the hardball that they attempted to play, um, you know, ended up not being in the strong, as strong of a position as they thought they were. And uh, yeah, and they acquiesced on a lot of points. Ooh, nice word. Uh, I don't own a fine tooth comb anymore, but um, (laughs) there's one area that you could say (laughs) you could say that if I'm reading it right, the league gained the power to implement rule changes for the 2023 season, which includes the pitch clock restrictions on defensive positioning and installation of larger bases. So, am I reading that right, Gene? Did they really yeah. get that power? Yeah, no, you, yeah, you did. I mean, that is, that is, uh, it, it still has to go before a committee, but when you read about it, the committee is made up of a majority of people from the major league baseball front office. There's a, there, there are a couple of players on there and I think one of the umpires, but it's weighted heavily in favor of major league baseball. So if it's something they want to do, they're going to be able to do it. Uh, frankly, you know, I, the players had to give up something, but you know, because financially they made out well. The the uh, the minimum salary went up almost a hundred thousand uh, dollars, you know, and 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 so I think that and the luxury tax threshold, you know, went up. I I think that the players had to give up something. And frankly, I don't know about you, but any of the rules that they're talking about adding, you know, the defensive shift, I'm not necessarily against that. I, I mean, I, it's kind of a, a nuanced thing, but I'm not necessarily against it. The larger bases, I don't really care if it's going to, you know, stop injuries. That's fine. Uh, the pitch clock, I've been in favor of the pitch clock forever. So, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, I don't necessarily have a problem. With it. I, here's the one thing I think will be the issue. Uh, automated balls and strikes, robot umpires. That might be the one area where I think, the players and maybe purists like like me are going to have the most issue if they try to implement that. Yeah, and the umpires, to put it mildly, you know, if there's an umpire on that board, uh, yeah, right. that's just yeah, it just takes away from it. Just uh, you know, as much as I love um, accuracy and fair play and all of those things in sport, I mean, I just. First of all, I don't necessarily trust the robots that much um, because right. I, you know, you know, when you watch, you know, you know, some of the balls and strikes, you know, there's there's some there's some balls act weird, right, in the strike zone. So, you know, so I I don't know. I I like I like the umpire part of it. I mean that that's part of it. 
and I, I really resist the constant uh, addition of let's review this, let's review that, let's re-, you know, I I just can't stand pauses in games that go on forever for uh, you know kind of dumb stuff. Yeah, I don't like watching somebody watching a TV. I mean, that's what right. you get when the, they go to the reply. <laughs> it's like, um, so that's probably why um, Audrey doesn't like my wife sitting in the room when I'm watching TV. But anyway, um, yeah, so that delays in every sport. And I think it only should be in certain situations. But I think the bottom line, this is a good CBA. I really thought this wasn't going to happen until later in May when the TV money would push it. But I'm glad it happened now. And uh, I agree with you, Gene. I think it could have been much worse for the players. The one thing I was glad to see, by the way, they're bringing back nine-inning doubleheaders. I am, I am thrilled about that. I hated the seven-inning doubleheader. It was too much like high school and college for me. Uh, but they are keeping the, uh, the ghost runner uh, to start extra innings. There was some thought that maybe they would delay that until the 11th inning, but they are still going to bring that back. By the way, I heard the greatest term ever for the ghost runner that starts extra innings. You know what it is? Mm -mm. The Manfred man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A little blinded by the light. (laughs) Um, And and the the other thing we got, we got uh, the universal DH, you know, and we're all sick of seeing pitchers hit. So I'm okay with that. Um, but one other rule change that they made, they made, they called it the Otani rule. Now it's funny that they're making a rule just for this guy, but because this rule is in place in high school and college. Now, if a guy starts the game as a pitcher, he can stay in the game as a designated hitter in high school and college. Well, they're adding that now to major league baseball. So, and really, I mean, outside of Shohei Otani, who in the heck is going to come off the mound and still be the DH for their team? It's really, so it's really for one guy. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, uh, it's and for one. I'm always game to watch Otani hit more, and and two. I right. mean, that's just that's just that rule just makes sense to me, right? You know, I, you know if yeah. you know he's still in the game, he's not leaving the game. He's changed. You know, pit. You know, there's lots of times where a player will leave a game as a position player and, and just go to the DH position, right? So that that rule is fine by me. I don't think that's um, you know it's they had to make it because of the unique situation, but it's the right decision. Yeah, I'm in favor. So the Manford man, I love that name, but is it, <laughs> is it a remote control player from the owners? The Manford man. <laughs> man, <laughs> I wish, I wish. Uh, um, you know, the, the one thing, and, and we talked about the, the ability of Major League Baseball to implement rules. They're going to try an experimental rule with the Atlantic League this year. And I want to I hear your take on it. It's called the double hook DH rule. They're going to try this in the Atlantic League. And basically what happens is, is when you remove your starting pitcher, you lose the DH. What? The only exception to this is, is you can retain your DH for the rest of the game if your starter goes five innings. Otherwise, you lose the DH. What do you think of that one? I'm not for it at all. That sounds, <clears throat> I don't like it. it sounds yeah, tacky I, to me. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and just 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 off the cuff, I'm gonna say I'm I'm against it. It just uh, it's just that's just it's. I I understand wanting to encourage pitching to go more than five. I think there's probably better ways to do that than to be sort of punitive with with your team's best hitter, potentially best hitter. Well, actually, I think one of the ways they're gonna. Well, yeah, but I think one of the ways they're going to be able to do that this year is, and I'm and I am so thankful for this. One of the they're going to limit the number of pitchers that teams can carry on their active rosters. Now they're going to be able to carry more the first couple of weeks of the season this year because of the abbreviated spring training, but they are going to be, you know you're not going to have teams able to carry 14 pitchers anymore. So you know from that standpoint, I like the fact that they're going to start limiting how many pitchers a team can carry, you know, and because maybe it will limit, you know, some of the, uh, some of the massive numbers of pitching changes we're seeing. So I am, I am actually glad to see that. I thought that was one rule major league baseball put in. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that one. That's, that seems like a natural way to handle it. Yeah. The other, the I other agree. one seems I agree. too forced. And um, complicated. Before... Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Um, before we get into, cause I want to, I want to hear Paul's take on the Tigers and your take on the, the Royals this year, um, Eric, but uh, before we get to that, there was a trade today. Um, uh, we're taping this on the 3rd of April. There was a trade today between the San Diego Padres and the Oakland athletics. Imagine that the Oakland athletics made yet another trade, uh, in this off season as they continue this, they traded Sean Manaya for a couple of prospects to the San Diego Padres. Hmm. The, the Oakland Athletics payroll, hmm. as of this minute, up to, up to the minute, $32 million <laughs> for their entire roster. <laughs> now, let me put that in perspective for you. You know what their payroll was in 2003? $32 million. <laughs> <laughs> so thirty million, thirty million dollars in two thousand and three. So you're telling me, yeah, twenty years, twenty years later, their payroll has gone up a grand total of two million dollars. You know, and and you know the thing is, they're not even the worst. The Orioles are even lower than that. They're at like thirty one point seven million, and Cleveland's at thirty seven million, and the Pirates are at thirty seven million. I mean, Paul, your your uh, your your Detroit Tigers are spending 117 million dollars. They're like uh, they're like the Rockefellers compared to to the Athletics. So my question is this: We just had the CBA, we had the luxury tax threshold up, and during that time, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Oakland have completely sold off anybody that's anybody, and they are going. I mean, does Major League Baseball need to do something to stop this? I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's a joke. Yeah, it's, and yes, I think Major League Baseball needs to do something about it. I think they need to, something needs to be done with some of these owners. I mean, it's not just, I mean, Cincinnati did the same thing, right? I mean, they sold off a bunch of talent. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's got to be so, it, it is. I mean, I'm a Royals fan, right? I mean, and, you know, our turns out relatively, <laughs> you know, high payroll of 68 million or whatever it is. Um, yeah. whatever it will be on opening day. Um, thank you, Zach Grinke. Um, you know, is, uh, <laughs> uh, feels, uh, it, it's just, 
the Royals have blown up their roster so many times and not, you know, they just, that's just the, and I, it's just the, sorry, I'm having trouble spitting my words out, but you know, it's just kind of the way things go with the Royals and the way the, that MLB works for small market teams is up and down, but you know, the Royals have never tanked like some of these teams do, you know, I, you know, there's, there's times where the, the payroll is down, but that's when we're actually in a rebuilding process. Sometimes it's not the greatest rebuilding process, but it is, you know, uh, uh, you know, that's, it's part of a plan. You never feel like they're just selling off their best players like the Cubs did last year. I mean, that was insane. But the new contract, the CBA is supposed to have a six team draft to sort of head off this tanking business. And by the way, Miguel Cabrera is going to make the same amount as the whole athletic team <laughs> this year. Just let you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Mike Trout. Well, Mike, uh, Max Scherzer is making thirty-three million dollars this year. I mean, Mike Trout's making what forty million? I mean, you've got you've got five or six guys that make more than an entire team. That's ins- I mean, it, to me, if you're going to have a leg- a luxury tax threshold, there should be a a a basement, right? There should right. be a you know you have to spend this amount. Now, I don't know what that amount is, but here's the thing. We talked about the Pirates, the Guardians. By the way, I can, good luck getting used to the Cleveland Guardians. I know. Uh, the, the Oakland A's and the Baltimore Orioles, right? Uh, Pittsburgh's the high of those four, $37 million. Then there's a $30 million, $31 million jump from the Pirates to the Marlins. So I don't know. The Marlins are spending $68 million. Now, it, it's the same as the Royals. So I don't know if that should be the, the basement or what. But those four, other four teams are they're in the sub-basement. I mean, it's it's crazy. And how do you how can you root for the Oakland Athletics? You, not only do you not you, do you not have any players left, you have probably the worst stadium in Major League Baseball. How do you how do you root for the Oakland A's? Well, until the other owners don't like this, nothing's going to change, right? Um, because if the other owners see that this is devaluing the whole league and the value of their franchise by having teams tank, they're just going to let this go. And I don't think the players have the leverage to change it. Um, so, yeah, I get the idea of tanking, but yeah, how can they get a new stadium in Oakland if they keep on playing, you know, games like that with the owners? Billy Ball can only go so far. <laughs> I, here's here's my and and maybe this is a conspiracy theory of my part. I don't think they really want a new stadium in Oakland. I think they are trying to set it up so nobody shows up at the ballpark so that the owner then has an excuse to move his team to Las Vegas, which is one of the rumors that's been going on. I almost think they want to follow the Oakland Raiders to Las Vegas, and this is their way of making sure that it happens because nobody's going to come to watch these guys. Yeah, this doesn't feel... Yeah, their moms. Um, This doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel very strategic, right? This just feels like getting rid of talent, right? There's one thing, you know, I mean, uh, now I do think that part of the reason maybe some of these teams have dropped so much is because there is, there has become a split in rev or uh, salaries for some some of these players, you know, make like you got the Trouts uh, and the Scherzers who are making a significant part of the salary. If you trade somebody who's there are a couple of people who are making, you know, 30% of the salary of the team, that'll have a bigger impact, but there's got to be something on the backside of that, that where you're showing that you're, um, 
you know, restocking the lineup or, you know, maybe getting some more talent in that's a better priced that you can afford. That doesn't seem to be what's going on here, though. No. By the way, the, the league average payroll mm-hmm. is $134 million. League average. And, and, you know, and it's weird because they say it's the league average, but, you know, it's it's slightly, you know, it's it's the team that's just ahead of the league average is the Texas Rangers, which, by the way, there's good for them spending one hundred thirty five million dollars. But but, uh, you know, that just that seems high to me. But, you know, actually, you know, when you think about it, maybe maybe it shouldn't seem high to me. Maybe it should seem low to me when because you, you, that's really badly skewed when you have four teams spending under under forty million dollars. It's just it, I don't know. I just it makes me kind of sick. And and here's the thing. The A's may not be done. They're still talking about trading Frankie Montas as well. Yeah, apparently the Royals are in that mix still, but they're probably out with the Grinky signing. You know, but you know, now the, the only the only way, you know, and maybe the Oakland A's are going to come back at at, uh, at us in in five years when they've won the World Series and they say, "See, we had a plan all along." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, they better have a plan. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you know, so anyway, uh, enough about that. It's just it's one of those things. Because I have a good friend who's an Oka athletics man. And I just I, I talked to him yesterday and I said, how, you know, I mean, how can you, I can't imagine. Well, yes. Well, I guess it must be like being a Detroit Tigers fan, Paul. Oh, go, hello. Go hello. <laughs> Although now let's lead into this. There is some hope in Tigerland this year, is there not? I mean, you guys got to think that you have an opportunity here to at least compete for the division title. Yes, yes, definitely. So some stats real quick, because I do know how to read and research the Internet. Last year, Tiger started out in April 8 and 19, and then the rest of the way they went 69 and 66, over 500. Um, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, free agents, Barnhart, Rodriguez, Baez. But the real key that around here is they're talking about these young draftees they've had over the years. There's five guys, and if they're ready, they can make a run at a wild card. But I still think they're about a year away from being really serious. But you've got uh, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, and Tariq Skubal as the pitchers. And then the first baseman, Spencer Torkelson, who Cabrera says he'll let him play. He's not going to get in his way. Cabrera's just glad to cash a check right now. And then uh, Riley Green, <laughs> who made a great catch the other day. So I think the whole question is, you know, Hench, and Hench we trust, trust in Ron here. He did such a great job last year um, that we're thinking we're going to make the wild card, but not much further. Well, my, 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 my question to you is this. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, you've got some good young players, but does this team have enough pitching? Look, you've got Eduardo Rodriguez, who was from the Red Sox, but, you know, he's not – uh, he, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's better than average, but you know, out, outside of that, it's really all young kids, right? With the exception of what they signed Michael Pineda. I saw the other day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but it's really, it's really on the shoulders of three young kids here. Right. And Baez, um, he doesn't come. I mean, he, he got a big contract, but he led the NL, national league in strikeouts. I mean, which makes me a little nervous. Hopefully, Hinch can work his magic and, and get him to buy into the team concept a little bit more. 
Is there, you know, look, I know everybody is. I mean, let me put it this way. Is Miguel Cabrera still beloved in Detroit? He is still loved. Beloved is probably one step close to sainthood because he's hung on the last couple of years. There's actually talk <laughs> that uh, the Tigers might do uh pull hulse with him, you know, to try to um, put him on waivers or something and just take the hit with the money. I don't think they'll do that. There was talk early on. I think they'll let him just phase out this year and be done. Well, I guess the question, I guess the only way to do that is if they have somebody they think that could uh, be a designated hitter on a regular basis or, or even a platoon that they think would be better than Miguel Cabrera. You know, I, well, their backup you know, catcher, right, Eric Haas. What he showed us the last few years. Yeah, Eric Haas and yep. Torkelson. They want to see what they got, I think, with both of those. And Miggy has you know, cleaned up his act. People like him. He's very fun to be around. So I think they'll just say, let him be around for another year. Is this the last year of his contract? Please, God, yes. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Shades of Bobby Bonilla, except he still plays. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, look, they're, they're obviously going to have a hard time. Uh, you know, competing with the Chicago White Sox. I mean, you know, unless the White Sox have a lot of injuries, they just continue to add people. Uh, you got A.J. Pollock the other day, which is a, a good ad for them as well. I mean, they're they're kind of loaded right now. Haven't you ever heard uh, the so, joke? So, haven't you heard the joke where the bear, these two hikers meet a bear, and the guy says, uh, I'll be okay. He says, why? That bear's going after us. We can't outrun a bear. And he says, no, I just have to outrun you. Um, so we just have to outrun the twins and the guardians and the Royals. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to stay in that division. And, uh, I mean, look, uh, I, I don't know, Eric, does, uh, does the karma of bringing back Zach Grinky is that going to be the thing that tips the scales for the Kansas city? Royals this year? <laughs> um, I doubt it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, as big of a fan, I, and I love, I love the move of bringing Zach back. Uh, you know, when Zach left, yeah. um, there was a little bit of bad blood and I think he finally realized, you know, as he matured, you know, that it was pretty cool that the Royals stood by him, uh, you know, during when he was sort of getting his psych stuff straightened out. Um, and, you know, so I think, you know, it's, so he said, you know, he wanted to finish his career in Kansas city and, and you know, and, and I'll get into it in a minute, but I think this is more of a move about, one, bringing in a guy who's still eating a lot of innings and two, who can, you know, help coach uh, a really young, uh, iffy uh, pitching uh, staff. So that's well, what I think is behind that. Well, look, I, I love Zach Greinke because he's a character. Yeah. My, I my only question is, is, is if you're if you're asking him to be the guy that instructs these young pitchers i'm a little concerned about that because this is a guy who definitely marches to the beat of a different drummer and i wonder what kind you know i'm wondering if it's like going to be like spicoli from fast times at ridgemont high trying to uh trying to teach these pitches i mean do they think do they really believe that's kind of what he's going to be there to do yeah yeah i think they do i think um because of the adversity he's faced um on a lot in a lot of different ways and just his okay just different demeanor. I mean, he's, 
you know, he brings a unique perspective and nothing in the traditional realm that the Royals have done has worked. <laughs> so, um, and I, and I do think that Zach has, um, uh, has matured a lot over, especially, you know, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, I think, you know, he's, I mean, he's still very much Zach Greinke, but, um, but has, you know, the, has, has, I think he has leadership potential now. Okay. I, I think <laughs> when you look, when you look at this Royals lineup, I mean, they've mm-hmm. got a decent core of guys. I mean, a, you know, I'm a big fan of Whit Merrifield. I love the guy. Sal Perez. Yep. We already, we all know how great he is. If mm-hmm. Carlos Santana can hit, uh, if Ben Intendi is healthy, he can help. Hunter Dozier's got some potential. I mean, you look at their lineup, they look like they can hit the ball a little bit. Uh, you know, the question now is, is, uh, is, Maybe the guy, the the linchpin of this is one is the young kid. Maybe Bobby Wood Jr. has got to be the guy to kind of uh, maybe round this thing out a little bit. Yeah, I think Bobby Wood Jr. is obviously. I mean, he's you know the top prospect in baseball. Um, we've been waiting for him to come up for a while now, uh, and you know they I think they officially named him today or late yesterday that he would is definitely going to be on the starting lineup, which was the worst kept secret you know in in baseball. But he's. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, so he is a special talent and we're, you know, everybody is obviously very fired up for him. You know, the two biggest topics were Zach Greinke and Bobby Witt. And, you know, he, he's hitting what, uh, 379 in spring has hit a couple of absolute bombs. So he's going to bring power uh, to the Royals lineup that, uh, you know, kind of in, in a way we haven't seen in a long time, probably since, uh, Beltron, um, of course, Sal last year, um, uh, it, it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really an exciting time to be a, a Royals fan. No doubt that lineup is, is stacked. You know, we've got talent like Nick Prado and MJ Melendez, a couple of guys who absolutely tore up triple a last year and they just don't have anywhere to go in the lineup. I mean, Prado is a first baseman. He, I, I think he won a golden glove, um, at first base, he demolished uh, hitting last year uh, in Omaha, and and now I mean there's just nowhere to put him. You know the Royals are going to stick with Santana. He's got a big contract, um, even though right. you know he started uh, off really hot last spring. He had like an 869 OPS in April, but by the end of the year he was down to 660, and he had this uh, quad strain. Um, but you know they think he's gotten healthy. If he's doing well. Uh, you know, uh, he'll probably, you know, be around for the rest of the year, but if he falters, you could see Nick Prado back up, you know, uh, getting some playing time. Melendez is in a little tougher spot. He's a catcher. We have, uh, this kid catching now you may have heard of Sal Perez. Um, but also Cam Gallagher, the backup there is, is really strong. So, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to bring up Melendez. So they're, what they're doing with, with Prado and Melendez is they're giving them some time in the outfield, to, um, you know, in case there's an opportunity there, but I mean, the op- wits get with Maryfields get moved to the outfield. So, you know, there's plenty of talent out there too. I mean, so, so yeah, yeah I think it's, you know, they're stacked. It, the real question is the pitching. Um, uh, you know, we've got, a, you know, you know, having Zach there <laughs> is nice Keller, you know, Brad Keller uh, is very good. He probably would have been him or singer probably would have been the starting, uh, uh, pitcher on opening day. If we hadn't signed Zach, um, but Carlos Hernandez had a really good year. Bubich has talent. Lynch is, has has shown uh, some good stuff. So, 
the starters, if they could just be consistent and not, you know, we had a great April last year. I was so excited. And then we hit May and the wheels fell off. Um, and we finally had, a, had an okay second half. Um, if, if the, you know, if the pitching can just come together, you know, I think we could, we could make a, a run at a wild card. And if the White Sox, you know, don't have a great year, you know, there's, you know, I think there's, there's a chance <laughs> for the Royals. To, <laughs> to, there's a very far outside chance, but that's asking a lot. Um, uh, Cause you never, I mean, who knows the twins could bounce back. Um, the, uh, the tiger or the, the tigers obviously are up and coming and, you know, who knows what's going on in with the guardians. <laughs> well, the, the twins do have Carlos Correa now. That's true. Yeah. Who, who, by the way, who did anybody see that coming? I mean, I could have probably come up with about a dozen other teams that he might've signed with the Minnesota twins were never on my radar. Yeah. I didn't hear that come up anywhere. Does that mean nobody wanted him? Gene? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's uh, the thing with Correa is he's got that that he's got a bit of a reputation, and you, you wonder if that caused some people to shy. I know it it caused the Red Sox to shy away. Before they went after Trevor Story, there was some talk, you know, about maybe going after Correa, and then get you know telling Bogarts he's got to go play second base. Uh, but they backed off because of you know Correa's got a bit of a, of a toot and a reputation. And, and you, you have to wonder if that did play into it and maybe his market was a lot smaller than I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well then let's, let's do this. I'm not, uh, I, I don't want to talk about the Red Sox because I, I, I'm what I just don't. What? <laughs> what? I, no, I'm telling, I'm really worried about this. I, I'm worried about this Red Sox team this year. I really am. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I like Come the move on, that they made therapy. to get Trevor Story, talk, but talk. I feel, I, I tell you what, guys, I think they are going to be a lot like the Kansas City Royals, or a lot like the Philadelphia Phillies. They're going to be able to score runs because they have a, a pretty good lineup, but I worry about who the hell is going to get outs. I really do, because when you're telling me. That you know, Chris Sale's going to start the season on the injured list yet again, and you know I've got Native Valdi as my number one, which is okay. But then after that, it's Nick Pavetta and Rich Hill, who's 42 years old, Michael Walker, who hasn't been good in about three or four years, and then Tanner Houck, who couldn't throw a strike with a compass right now. I don't know. I mean, it could be you know you got to win games 10 to nine. I'm I'm really worried about this team. I I think it could be a long year in Boston. I hope I'm wrong, but man, I I I I see the Red Sox right now as the fourth place team in the American League East. Oof. Ooh. Wow. Pessimistic. Michael well, Walker. Hey, it's it's nice. been a think couple of years it. since Walker has been uh, pretty good. I mean, gosh, he was so young though. I'm so. How did how did he end up on the Red Sox? Well, he was a free agent. He was with the uh, the Cardinals, Tampa Bay Rays. And then he I goes, thought he yeah. was with the Rays last year. He might have been, yeah. And I, I think he pitched. Cardinals I think he pitched out of the. I think he. I think he pitched out of the bullpen a lot with the Rays last year. Matter of fact, I'm looking at this. The last time that Michael Walker was any good was 2018. Wow, was it that long? Ago? Uh, 2019. 
Yeah, t- 2019, he pitched to an ERA of 4.76 with a whip of 1.56. Uh, uh, well, pandemic year, are... he had an ERA of, of 6. Those, those 2019 numbers, are those are Royal starter numbers. <laughs> uh, 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 he was with the Mets, Mets during the pandemic year, and he had, a, he had an ERA of six and a half. And then last year with Tampa Bay, an ERA of over five and a whip. You know, his whip was a little bit better, but he still gives up more. He still gives up more hits than innings pitch. So yeah, this is probably. my number three or four starter. Yeah, that's Yikes. Great. Yikes. Well, when you look at the American League East and you see everything that the Toronto Blue Jays have done, all the people they yeah, have. Yeah, the Blue Jays, yeah. The Rays, the Rays, the, the Rays find ways to win every damn year. And the New York yeah. Yankees, who have gotten better. You know, so right now, I think the Red Sox might be the fourth best team in the American League East. The pack of the uh, the liquor stores in Hayesville, North Carolina, <laughs> might be busy this year. Wow, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, all right, uh, that's enough about the Red Sox. Let's get to our fearless predictions for this year. You ready? Ooh, American sure. League East. American League East. It, I, it's I, the best division in baseball, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Um, with, the exception, with the exception of the Orioles, right, right. That's that's been the case for uh, forever. Ever. Um, I'm going to go with um, what seems like forever, um, uh, even though it really hasn't been that long since they were in the playoffs. But um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Toronto. They've added a lot of talent. Um, I don't trust the Yankees. Uh, it could very well be Tampa Bay, but it doesn't feel like it this year with some of the changes they made. So I'm I'm going with Toronto. I'm going go with the Evil Empire. I'm sorry. I think they'll they'll win it, and the Tampa Bay will get a wild card. Okay, I'm with you, Eric. Right. I'm going with Toronto. I think I think I think Toronto is going to be tough to beat. Their pitching staff is loaded. Okay, all right. Uh, the Central Division. I mean, I, I'll start it off. It's got to be the White Sox. It's, yeah, yeah. I, you, gotta, you, you can't be. Yeah, it's, it's the White Sox. Their their talent is uh, uh, unless something unless the wheels come off, they're they're going to run away with it. White Sox, Tigers, Royals, Twins, and then those Cleveland guys. <laughs> wow, he's giving me the whole, the whole. He's giving me the whole order. How about that? Impressive. Wow. Look at you. Do. All right, uh, let's go to the American League West. Uh, obviously, the, the Houston Astros are the class, except now they don't have Carlos Correa or uh, Granky. I don't know how big a deal that is, but did, did the Angels and the Texas Rangers do enough to compete? We already know the A's aren't going to compete. Right. And, and then the, you've, got the Seattle Mar- you've got the Seattle Mariners, who surprised everybody last year by winning 90 games. So uh, this, this could be wide open this year. Yeah, this one's a. I have no idea who's going to win this one. I mean, maybe this is the year for uh for Mike Trout. Verlander, um, Verlander. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. Um, boy. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. St- I'm not, I'm gonna keep going with the Astros. Uh, I you know they still have talent, and they'll they have the money to bring in talent if things don't yeah. uh, uh start off strong. And I'm also going with Brian Cashman's favorite team, the Houston Astros. <laughs> Cashman. 
Oh, did you hear? He, I mean, he went on. Was it on WFAN yes. this week in New York? Yeah. He was on a radio yeah. station when they were they were giving giving him a hard time about not winning. He says, "Well, we really did if the other team hadn't cheated." I mean, come on. You want some cheese yeah. with that wine, buddy? Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, really. Come on. <laughs> hey, look, you you guys are playing with a stack I'm, deck every year, Mister Cashman. So uh, so I don't want to hear any whining from you, Yankees. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what, this was interesting before we get to the National League. They had uh, the, the New York Yankees have a new uh, announcer this year uh, on their broadcast because uh, I think it's David Cohn has gone to uh, ESPN. Oh, right. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, was it was it Cameron Mabin? Oh, it yeah. It might have been Cameron Mabin yeah, who is. was doing the games, yeah, doing for, color for the Tiger, Yankees. Yeah. And he, he was on the – yeah, well, he was – and he was on the Astros – the year they cheated, he came oh, on. He came really? there late in a trade. Ha! He threw them under the bus on the Yankee uh, spring training broadcast, basically saying, "Yep, we did it, and yep, it was trash cans, and it was video, <laughs> and it was this, and it was that, and this is how we did it." Ah, <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. That's he awesome. threw them all under the bus, and he said, "Look." He said, I just got there. He said, I was kind of the new guy. And, and they said, and, and this was great. Michael Kay, who's the play-by-play guy, he said to him, did it help you? He said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah we knew a bitch was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, awesome. God. Oh, that was great. That was, that, was my, that was my favorite moment of spring training this year. All right, let's get to the National League. Uh, National League East. Well, obviously, the Atlanta Braves, you yep. would think, are going to be the favorites. Uh-huh. Maybe, uh-uh. but you've got Philadelphia. Philadelphia, who has signed a whole bunch. They've got Nick Castellanos there now. Um, the problem with the, of course, the problem with the uh, the Phillies is uh, who's going to get out. Same way it is uh, with a lot of other teams. I mean, uh, they got Castellanos. Who else? Did, uh, who's the other big signing that they had? Uh, geez, now I can't remember. I thought they signed somebody else. Oh, Kyle Schwarber. So they got Schwarber, Cassianos, uh, Bryce Harper, J.T. Ramuto. I mean, they've got a really good lineup. So you would think they're going to compete. And then, of course, there's the New York Mets and Steve Cohen, who has a trillion dollars. So uh, who's going to win the National League East? Yeah, I'm sticking with the Braves, um, uh, especially, you know, since uh, – um, and now I'm totally blanking. The Not, not Scherzer – well, I know Freddie Freeman, but they, but they, you know, they got the the guy from the A's. Um, they, got, they got, yeah, they got Matt Olson. Oh, right. So I think they're, I think they're going to be okay. I think that. The, the, and I, and yeah, and and Ronald Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be healthy. He's right. not going to start the season with them, but they right. they think he's going to be ready by the end of April. So and they got Marcelo Zuna back, who can now be just a designated hitter. Uh, I mean, I I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's where I'm going. I think right. I think the Rays are going to be the team well, again. And the Mets, I mean, look, they spend all that money, but look, Degrom is already he went for an MRI today, I think, or he's I don't know what's I'm not sure yeah. what his status is, but uh, uh, he's DeGrom's, out for a while. He's yeah, out. so Degrom is out already this season. I just I just feel like the the Mets are snake bit, and and that makes me happy. Oh, and, and uh, not only not only that, Max Scherzer's got a bad hamstring. Oh really? Oh no. I love Max. So I'm not, yeah, yeah. So he, he, yeah. 
So he may not be he may not be ready for opening day. So it might mean that Chris Bassett, one of the guys that the A's jettisoned, uh, may be their their <laughs> opening day starter. So so I classic. But because but because of Degrom's health, Degrom's health is the big thing to me. I mean, if he's not there, mm-hmm. they're not the same team. They're not. Uh, and, yep. and but don't forget the Mets. The Mets do get the Mets do get Robinson Cano back this year. <laughs> Great, good for them. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right. So I've got I've got the Braves. Eric, you got the Braves. What about you, Paul? Uh, I married a woman from Atlanta. I'm legally bound to vote for the Braves. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, now here's another crapshoot. Good luck picking this one. The Ameri- the National League Central: Milwaukee, St. Louis. You would think are going to be at the top of the heap there. Then you've got the Reds, who have made a lot of trades. The Cubs and the Pirates. This might be a this is a two horse race, I would think. It's totally a two horse race, yeah. And uh, for the same reason that Paul cites, <laughs> I'll be picking the Cardinals. Um, but I actually I do believe the Cardinals are going to be. I, I do think the Cardinals are going to. Uh, I think they're probably going to run away with it. The Brewers, I. They just rely so much um, on the the defense and and uh, pitching there. I just. I worry about the hitting. If Yelich doesn't come back and have a strong year this year, they just aren't going to um, be able to hang with the Cardinals. The Cardinals just look um, too good. Although, who knows? You know, um, the the Cards had a lot of injuries last year. If that happens again uh, this year, especially on the pitching staff, then then they could certainly um, be in trouble pretty fast too. So, but I'm I'm go- I'm going for the Cardinals for the obvious reason. And. A good feel good story. Pull holes back with the Cardinals. Go cards. I got the same thing. I, I think all the, we're all three in agreement. I, and I would love to see Albert Pujols get into the playoffs one more time uh, before he walks. Because he did say that this was going to be it. Yep. Yep. All right. Now this is another interesting one. The National yeah. League West. The Giants won it last year with 107 wins, which is still incredible. The Dodgers... The Padres, who were obviously underperform, who underperformed last year, I still can't believe that the Padres only won 79 games like last year. But when you look at all the injuries they had on the pitching staff, I guess it's not that big of a surprise. Uh, and then the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, I discount them before the season ever starts. Yeah, and um, yeah, and those two teams, you know, probably wouldn't be too bad in a lot of other divisions, but they're just getting smoked right. by the top three there. Yeah, I don't know on this. I mean, I think you just have to go with the Dodgers. I mean, you, just, you look at that lineup and it's just it's crazy. So, yeah, regrettably, I'll pick the Dodgers, but I'm I'm hoping for the Giants to uh, to come through again. Yeah, Dodgers, I think will go all the way, not just win the standing. I think they'll do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, goodness gracious. I am. Uh, I'm going to go against you guys, and I'm going to go with the Padres. Ooh. Padres. And I don't. I don't think. I don't yes. think the. I don't think the Giants. I don't think the Giants win 90 games this year. I think the Giants are going to take a big step back. I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. I don't know yeah. that they can repeat that. And now that now that the uh, the Padres just got Sean Manaya in that rotation with you uh, Darvish and Musgrove, uh, Mike Clevenger is back from an injury. Uh, I think they are going to be really, really good. So I, I'm going to go with the Padres just, just to be different. Who did they? Who's their manager? So, so Paul, you. 
Who, who did the Padres uh, get for their manager? Did they change? The, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's, why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> well, Bob, Bob Melvin, they got Bob. Bob I don't remember. Melvin. Oh, yeah, yeah Bob that, Melvin. That's yeah. right, Bob Melvin. That could, I mean, that's a pretty big hire. Um, the, yeah, the, that, that, that would be the, great. The big I would thing with them it. is the big... The, the big thing for them, though, is going to be how long Fernando Tatis Jr. is out. Right. Um, he's not he's, because he had it. Remember the motorcycle accident he had during the lockout. Uh, so he's going to be out for a little while. So they need him to get back and they need him to stay on the field. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. I still think I, I think that I think that pitching staff that the Padres have, I think that is going to keep them in it. That's that's. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, Paul, you got the Dodgers winning the whole thing, huh? I do, I do, I do. I think it's it's their time. They didn't do it last year. I think the Padres, as long as Manny's on the team, I, I'm not a believer. I just don't get good vibes from that dude. I just don't know if they can pull it around. Too many injuries. Dodgers seem loaded this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's their year this time. Who are they, who are they going to beat? In the World Series. Oh, that's the question, right? Um, I'm going to say yeah. the White Sox. Okay. Oof. We got Eric. In the series. I will also go with the Dodgers. And Jose. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't pick the White Sox. So... I guess I'll go. With, I guess I'll go with the uh, Toronto. I, I really Ooh. think Toronto is going to be stacked wow. this year. I just think, yeah, they're just the young blood uh, will mature, huh? Yeah. Well, they hired. They brought in some folks too, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, gosh, I don't know. The American League is a total toss-up for me. It's 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 pretty wild over there. A lot of a lot of parody. I'm going with. I am going. I am going to go with the Atlanta Braves and the Toronto Blue Jays in the World Series, Ooh. and the World Series trophy is going going north of the border to the, the Toronto Blue Jays. This wow. Year. wow! Wow! He's calling a yeah. shot early. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm I didn't gonna, see. I'm going to be lam- I'll be laminating these picks as we go along this year, so yes. we can skewer each other. Perfect. <laughs> because we're all going to be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's. It's probably going to be the Oakland Athletics who will actually win. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for us for episode number 78. Look, folks, we're, we're actually going to be back. We're, we're uh, hoping to be here every two to three weeks during the course of the season. Thursday is opening day, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll either be uh, – we're, we're all probably going to, after our team's first two games, we're either going to be way too excited – we're way too in the dumps, and we're going to have to try to keep each other uh, sane through the course of the season. So uh, for Eric Braun and Paul Arnold, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to The Boys of Summer. <laughs>